Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Today on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our discussion on biblical decision-making. In our day-to-day walk with Christ, we refer to Scripture for answers to our everyday questions. We believe, as we should, in the sufficiency of Scripture. However, many questions we have, especially with regard to decision-making, aren't addressed by Scripture in a black-and-white fashion. On the other hand, Scriptures emphatically command us to do the will of God. This obviously implies that the will of God is knowable. Let's continue with our study of 1 Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10 as Pastor Jim continues with today's slice of the message entitled, Decision-Making and the Will of God, Part 2. You see, God is sovereign. He's in control of what happens, including working through all of the decisions that people make. In His sovereignty, do you understand that God is able to, and here's a great phrase, God is able to use sin sinlessly. In His providence, this is, this is the majesty of His sovereignty, that in His providence, even with a bunch of yo-yos like me around, not always making the best decisions, He can guarantee my purpose will be established. I will accomplish all my good pleasure. You want an example of that, of his providence and how things work out? Remember the words of Joseph to his brothers many years after they had sold him into slavery? And you understand, selling him into slavery, that was plan B after one of the brothers talked him out of plan A, which was kill him. All right? And here's Joseph years later, talking to his brothers in Genesis 50, verse 20. He says, As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. God is sovereign, and yet He works all of His good pleasure even in this sin-cursed, fallen world. So, let me give you a couple of uh, descriptions of these two aspects of the will of God. I've talked about sovereignty and providence. Yep, those are related on the same subject. But here's another way to put it, and I'll probably use terminology like this. One aspect is God's decretive sovereign will. Now, Decretive, probably a word you didn't use this week unless you were re-decretiving your living room. Uh, No, that's not what it means. Um, God's sovereign will, what He decrees will be done, or in Isaiah's terminology, His good pleasure. This is His secret plan that is gradually unfolded by His providence working in and through the affairs of mankind. We are always 
in the decretive will of God because the sovereignty of God takes into account all the things happening and decrees the outcome of all things within His creation. He knows the end from the beginning. How can you do that? Well, you have to know the end and the beginning simultaneously, which only works if you're outside of time or eternal. That is our majestic God. That's His sovereign will or His decretive will. Here's the other side of the coin. There is God's preceptive will, His precepts. This is also often called His moral will. This is what He has revealed to us in His Word. Now, His decretive will is the secret plan. We don't know that. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, Deuteronomy 29, 29 that we saw last time. This, this will is completely known. It's fully revealed in His Word why it is everything you need for life and godliness. Now, um, you don't ultimately know what is going to happen. But in every situation, you have all you need to know from God in order for you to live your life and to do it in a godly way for life and godliness. Because God has given us His preceptive will or His moral will, and He's done that through His Word, therefore you always know how you should act in any situation. You don't always know what's going to be the end outcome of your actions and your decisions, but you always know what kind of person He wants you to be. Now, would you like a hint of what that is? I'm going to reveal to you that I know God's will for you every single day. He already told me, Galatians chapter 5, and it's no different for me than it is for you. Galatians 5, we'll read 22 and 23, and then we'll skip down to verse 25. He says, Paul writes, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Skip down a verse. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, how do you walk by the Spirit? Well, walk implies you're, you're moving around. It's a metaphor for your life or for your lifestyle. You walk by the Spirit by choosing or making decisions to act according to what you know the Holy Spirit wants to bring forth in your life, hence called the fruit of the Spirit. So it is always God's will in every human interaction on every single day of your life without any asterisks or exceptions that give you an excuse to do otherwise, you need to be an agent for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That is God's will for your life, and it's fully revealed in Scripture. That's His uh, decretive will. Now, I want to move into the what not to do segment. This is a list of methods or motives that you should either avoid using or be very cautious about how you use them and realize 
that many of these are not normative. Now, I'll explain what that means, but some things to avoid uh, using, some things to be cautious about, and some things just realize that's not for you. All right. The, The first one is the biggest one. I'm going to spend the most time on this, and then I have quite the grocery list of things. And um, uh, I see a few toes sticking out. I'm pretty sure I'm going to run over a few. Uh, I, may, I may take away one of your favorite sayings sometime this time or the, the next time we study this. But remember, sacred cows make good hamburger. Sometimes things need to be reprocessed. All right. Here's the first one. Don't be enslaved to the dot. Now, some of you have read the book from which I borrowed that uh, terminology, and I will refer, it to you, refer you to it in, in a moment. But I've experienced this teaching. Early in my Christian life, I heard something that it sounded logical to me, it sounded good to me, kind of gave me a, a, a resolve to make good decisions, and it came from a pretty well-known Bible verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Verse 1 is, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Then he says, and do not be conformed to this world, well, I knew that was a good idea, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, I knew that's a good idea. Then, here's the part that was new to me, so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, here's the way that was taught to me when I first heard that. The idea is that the moral will of God is completely revealed in the Bible. Think of it as if God draws a circle for you and says, that's the boundary. Well, so far, so good. His moral will is completely revealed in the Bible. What God says don't do, don't do it. What God says do, do it, okay? What is sin is, is defined very well in the Bible. So if that's the boundary line, stay inside the circle. If you go outside of the circle, you are sinning. Now, the way the idea was fleshed out when I first heard this is that within the circle, you must look for... Remember that will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect? The idea is that within that circle, there is the individual will of God or the perfect will of God. And it's like a dot in the middle of that circle for you, like a, like a bullseye. Now, now, some of you might be very skilled archers, maybe you're bow hunters. I'm not talking about you. I'm thinking about people like me that uh, maybe at you know, junior high YMCA camp, uh, played with bows and arrows a little bit. Remember how thrilled you are the first time you even hit the target? Or maybe the bales of hay upon which the target is mounted? Our, our track team in high school, we, we, we feared this one week every year when the girls' PE had their archery segment because their archery facility was right next to the track, and a lot of them missed the target. More than once, I speeded up as I came around turn two because of the arrows that were skittering along the track, okay? You know how hard it is to hit the bullseye, right? Well, here's the idea. 
God gives you that. He says, okay, you know right from wrong, but there is this one perfect plan for you. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.